I am so sick of the media dictating the terms of the narrative in this country. I'm so sick of having to be apologetic for who I am. I'm so sick of people in middle America being called a flyover country or slope-headed conservative teabaggers. And it's going to be teabagging day. It's hard to talk when you're teabagging. <laughs> it's so funny because the teabaggers, the one thing they hate is when you call them racist. If racism is not the whole of the Tea Party, it is in its heart. The hatred that is Timothy McVeigh, that he had. There are plenty of people like that right now. Lots of I think you get the general tenor of this. It's anti-government. This is highly promoted by the right-wing conservative network, Fox. The left pits people against each other. Divide and conquer is the strategy. I don't want to live in that world. It is the exact opposite of E Pluribus Unum. And what the left has stood for with political correctness is to try and get those with whom they disagree to shut up. And the Tea Party movement and Sarah Palin and Michelle Bachman and Alan West and and all the all the people that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said, you're going to call us racist. You're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's Fuck you. War. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Road Warrior Radio. You're tuned in live this Tuesday, April 25th, 2023, on the one and only Republic Broadcasting Network. And as always, thanks for coming along for the ride. It is a wild and dystopic ride, to be sure. I am your host, Chris Hinckley. Let's get started. Yesterday uh, was, I think, you know, I would consider it a fairly important broadcast. And... um as I said during yesterday's broadcast, I referred to Hour 1 as Total War and Hour 2 as Deus Ex Machina, the AI deception. And really, you know, uh, the, the as I said from the outset of Hour 1, actually, the, the uh, point that I was trying to make was not to amplify the the mystical, magical narrative that's been framed concerning this artificial intelligence technology, but really to demystify it. And the principal source we leaned on to do that was um, Daniel O'Connor and his video published back in February on YouTube titled Resist the AI, quote-unquote, Deception, chat GPT exposed. It's not what you've been told it is. And, um, you know, setting aside Daniel's Catholicism, no particular offense intended, um, I would say that Daniel O'Connor is an unimpeachable witness. Having the background that he does in technology, knowing where if he speaks, 
intimately that that was part of the video clip that we played yesterday him showing clips from his uh you know formative years in academia learning about this technology and using it so he's telling you from a very informed perspective exactly what ai is what is it uh it's just legos and really fast math and he proved it and you can watch the video yourself resist the ai deception chat gpt exposed it's not what you've been told it is it's nothing mystical or magical and that i think it it has a weird it's a kind of a weird letdown. It's a letdown for a lot of people, I think, in weird ways, because as Neil Postman told us back in the 90s, we have a penchant for technology. We have this new religion that says technology will save us. It's the salvation of mankind. And so uh, that was that was actually part of my description. I wrote a fairly lengthy description. I never, you know... I'm terrible about doing this lately, but uh, I did yesterday because I thought it was important. Every day is important, but yesterday was particularly important. So in the hour two description, I wrote Deus Ex Machina, the AI deception. We've been hearing a great deal lately, even more than usual, about the both the salvific promise and the dark mystical magic of so-called AI. And it does, there is this salvific promise in it. You know, this can solve all of our problems. And I think even the most well-informed who um, don't buy into all of the hype surrounding artificial intelligence, but who nonetheless have been swept up in the current of technological innovation as the salvation of mankind, that religion. Uh, like I said, I think for those folks, it's a weird sort of letdown. And so, you know, that's a, that's an awkward moment to have that realization. And I think we confront, we lost Fred in Iowa recently. Uh, you know, Fred always appreciated the mention of cognitive dissonance. We have a lot of uh, biases and they are, there is a sort of predation of our biases in the information war seeking to conscript our imagination, belief, and um, our, uh, you know, to influence and, and persuade us. For what purpose? Well, uh, as Vance Packard reminds us in The Hidden Persuaders, The Hidden Persuaders, uh, Bernays told us, told the world that, that newsworthy events involving people usually do not happen by accident. They are planned deliberately to accomplish a purpose. What purpose? To influence ideas and what? Actions. To fundamentally alter uh, the individual organism 
and in turn the collective organism. Um, James Corbett did a good job. We played an extended clip of Corbett's episode 441, Your Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare, yesterday. We played that in the first hour as part of yesterday's broadcast. And James did a great job, I think, of saying, it's, you know, essentially to sort of reframe it, even if we could uh, vote 545 people out of uh, Washington, D.C., or, and, you know, even if maybe we could throw out all of the uh, staffers and lobbyists, that doesn't change the culture, so to speak. The problem is much bigger than one person. And so to, uh, to uh, target fixate, as it were, on a single person or persons is uh, a sort of blindness. Anyway, without waxing too philosophical, I want us I want to begin today's broadcast. You know, yesterday the second hour was about the AI deception, and it is a deception in many ways. And as I said yesterday, it seems increasingly the more we hear about this technology, this artificial intelligence so called machine learning stuff. And again, you know, uh, you know, we played a clip from uh, true stream media is when seeing and hearing is no longer believing. And, uh, you know, I have tremendous respect for those guys. And I know that they are as well informed as just about any of us, you know, out there paying attention to what's going on. But the, you know, the question mark um, and this is definitely not to cast dispersions. This is more a, a sort of point of clarification for the everyman, so to speak. Most people are not familiar with all of the material that's been produced on this discussion. The ability of, you know, Clark's third law, essentially, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. What am I talking about? Well, you know, the the mind reading or question mark aspect, you know, one of the things that Melissa touched on in that video was, you know, the story she mentioned, for example, of her mother-in-law who said, I, I didn't even mention a boat to anyone. I just thought about it. She didn't remember saying anything to anybody about it. She just thought about it. And next thing you know, she's getting ads for boats. Well, again, I will say. And again, this is not this is not a criticism. I'm just bringing it up because I think you know there are people who who may be experiencing this or hearing about it at least that kind of experience people are having, and that just sounds like witchcraft, you know, to most people. My goodness! But I would remind folks. I feel like we're coming full circle. For. More than a decade, obviously, pretty much since the beginning of this broadcast, I've been talking about things like Howard Rheingold's smart mobs, and it just seems to fall on deaf ears. Okay, so what? The the standout of all the stories that Howard Rheingold to told in smart mobs, 
which I think was published in 2004, early 2000s. Um, the, the one story that really stood out to me that I've mentioned over the years is the MIT grad student who shared phones or, or gave phones to uh, his fellow students on the condition – and they were free – on the condition that everything that they did was part of this lab experiment. So, you know, they were surveilled knowingly. So, you know, GPS tracking and all of the metadata, essentially, who they're calling, when they're calling, those kinds of things, where they are, how long they're there. And within a, within a very short period of time, this student was able to predict and essentially tell his fellow students where they would be weeks in advance with greater accuracy than they could tell themselves. That sounds like mind reading. It sounds like Clark's third law. And according to Howard Rheingold, that technology was acquired by Google and the rest is sort of history. That was back before September 11, 2001, for example. And imagine the leaps and bounds with all of the things that we've seen. You know, the coup with the Obama administration. Despite Andrew Breitbart's best efforts, the coup with the Obama administration's uh, re-election campaign in particular was harnessing social media in particular for vote harvesting. And then the Trump campaign took that technology and that concept and flipped it, inverted it for voter suppression in the 2016 election. And... Michael Kaczynski was uh, responsible for the data that turned the world upside down, according to the title of the article. The guy who said, with a few hundred likes, not things that you post, the metadata that comes out of the likes, what does this mean? What do the, you know, the information about the information, the metadata, what does this mean? What do all these things mean? So Michael Kaczynski apparently is able to tell more about us with a few hundred likes than we can probably tell about ourselves. And we played the clip of Harari saying, to hack you, the algorithms just need to know you a little better than you know yourself, and most people don't know themselves. And this is an age-old concept. Indeed, you know, speaking of Vance Packard's The Hidden Persuaders, the Bernaysian contingent has long said, you know, that's one of the, that's kind of one of the opening sort of introductory remarks from Vance Packer's Hidden Persuaders. You know, we, we're, consumers are liars. That's why chapter two is titled The Trouble with People. So, you know, from chapter two, persuading us as consumers, the trouble with people, and uh, a uh, 
quote from the advertising age, uh, a, an advertising periodical, in very few instances do people really know what they want, even when they say they do. And then Packard uh, writes, the trend in marketing to the depth approach was largely impelled by difficulties the marketers kept encountering in trying to persuade Americans to buy all the products their companies could fabricate. Only particularly disturbing, di- or excuse me, one particularly disturbing difficulty was the apparent perversity and unpredictability of the prospective customers. Marketers repeatedly suffered grievous losses in campaigns that by all all the rules of logic should have uh, succeeded. The marketers felt increasingly increasing dissatisfaction with their conventional methods for sizing up a market. These methods were known in the trade most commonly as nose counting, quote unquote. Under nose counting, statistic-minded interviewers would determine the percentage of married women ages 21 to 35 in Omaha, Nebraska, who said they wanted and would buy a three-legged stove if it cost no more than $249. The trouble with this approach, they found, was that what people might tell interviewers had only a remote bearing on how the people would actually behave in a buying situation when confronted with a three-legged stove or anything else. Gradually, many perceptive perceptive marketers began becoming suspicious of of uh, three basic assumptions they had made in their efforts to be logical concerning the predictable behavior of human beings, especially customers. There's more, but you get the point. And so now, come forward to now, imagine... A world where these same folks – imagine this uh, world now where political scientists, for example, have access to volumes of information about all of us because we have these devices that follow us around everywhere and spy on our every second of existence and report back diligently. And we are spied on in our natural habitat, so to speak. We are observed blissfully unaware of the spying observed in our natural habitat. And like I said yesterday, put that together with the millions of combinations that have been, um, that have emerged in the personality assessment systems, the various systems that have, uh, you know, grown out of, uh, really kind of the intelligence, kind of an offshoot of, uh, what is the intelligence community? And what do you get? You get Clark's third law. People can, you know, if we can put supercomputing, like I said yesterday, uh, if you take the personality assessment systems with its millions of combinations and uh, dump big data of spying on you every second into supercomputing, super fast math, it looks like Clark's Third Law. But it's not magic. There's a point to all of this. I'll make the point on the other side of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back.
protest inside the Tennessee state capitol yesterday raised some questions. I'm Peter Serfine with another Liberty Minute. I carry a gun to protect those around me. I'm a member of Right to Bear to protect my legal rights. Use code LIGHTHOUSE at protectwithbear.com for affordable carry insurance. Protesters swarmed the Tennessee State Capitol building yesterday as votes were being taken to expel three Democrat members of the State House. The vote to expel these three Democrats is because last week those three joined in another protest inside the Capitol building. That protest disrupted the proceedings of the legislature. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Should elected officials be removed because they protested and disrupted the proceedings? One thing I definitely noticed is that nobody is reporting on this storming of the state capitol as an insurrection. A thousand people have been prosecuted for storming a capitol building and disrupting an official proceeding on January 6, 2021. How is this any different? Oh, because these protesters want gun control. Find more news and commentary at liberty-lighthouse.com. Until next time. Sivis Pashem Parabellum. Did you know the IRS publicly admits that income tax is collected by voluntary compliance? Get the information you need to help you avoid income tax with these five easy steps. All you have to do is go to avoidincometax.com to get your five easy steps on how to avoid the IRS income tax. Escape the IRS. Let avoidincometax.com help you. We guarantee our five easy steps or your money back. Go to avoidincometax.com. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. From 
Vance Packard's The Hidden Persuaders, Chapter 2, The Trouble with People. Because we're all uh, just hopeless misanthropes, after all, right? Uh, so, gradually many perceptive marketers began becoming suspicious of three basic assumptions they had made in their efforts to be logical concerning the predictable behavior of human beings, especially customers. First, they decided you can't assume that people know what they want. Example given. Second, some marketers concluded you can't assume people will tell you the truth about their wants and dislikes, even if they know them. What you are more likely to get, they they decided, are answers that will protect the informants in their steadfast endeavor to appear to the world as really sensible, intelligent, rational beings. One management consulting firm has concluded that accepting the word of a customer as to what he wants is, quote, the least reliable index the manufacturer can have on what he ought to do to win customers, end quote. But what we see is a sort of placating of ignorance, and we are dumber. The evidence of that is pretty self-explanatory uh you know it's a self-evident maxim how many people in america these days could go back and read letters from the american revolutionary period and really expound so tell me what what exactly does this mean in fact you know we have a generation now that is being Encouraged not to be able to read those writings. That's disturbing. And, you know, that if, if uh, nothing else convinces people that we're in a state of total war, I think that probably does as fine a job as anything. So what's the point of all of this? The point is, if you're mad, it's working. Benjamin Franklin said only a virtuous people are capable of freedom as nations become corrupt and vicious. They have more need, of, more need of masters. John Lennon observed the establishment irritates you, pulls your beard, flicks your face to make you fight because once they've got you violent, they know how to handle you. We, we do have a pretty high incarceration rate here per capita, don't we? Lennon Observe the only thing they don't know how to handle is nonviolence and humor. And, you know, that that is slightly disingenuous. That's part of the uh, kind of the, the rest of the story that we're going to get into. I began with before we did yesterday's broadcast and we'll continue on the resistance operating concept. Gene Sharp, you know, the ghost of Gene Sharp lives on. And Saul Alinsky, for that matter, this has been really uh, sort of codified in what is currently referred to as the resistance operating concept. It is a uh, a way to weld together that element that Hayek uh, to create it and to weld it together. The element in, in Hayek's Road to Serfdom, Chapter Ten: Why the Worst Get on Top that um, basically will cheerfully welcome its dictator. 
that fairly homogenous and strong group with views that are not its own, which is point number two that he makes. Maybe we'll get back to that today. I've been threatening to for months. So the point is this. If you're mad, it's working. And you're probably deceived. No, no particular offense to anyone. But that's the, that's the objective here. You know, it's Huntington's clash of civilizations. That's, you know, Huntington's clash of civilizations and ultimately Fukuyama's end of history and the last man, which incidentally I think correlates with Romans 11.25 personally. So the point is from Matthew 24, Jesus says, See to it that no one misleads you. That is an active statement. That is not passive. See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name. That's the first thing. Saying I am the Christ. And many will mis- and will mislead many. So there's a focus here. Be, be on the lookout for deception. And it's, it's in the form of, say, an Ephesians 6 battleground as I concluded yesterday's broadcast with. Stick around, we'll be right back. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Which will conclusively prove George Soros' role in orchestrating the pandemic. But first, dear patriots, the truth train has brought us a conspiracy in our own backyard. Now, you may think you know the story. Now, it's like I always say, there's a whole lot of bull out there. So I'd like to give Soros, Pelosi, the Zionists, the Mexicans, the Snowflakes, and... Stay strong, truth tellers. Stay strong. You're listening to RBN in defense of the Republic. Extendivite, a seven-herb combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite is designed to strengthen the heart and arteries and help the body heal itself. Doctors are not able to explain the improvements they are seeing in their patients' health who are taking Extendivite. People who once needed more pills are now taking less and getting better. Due to the unexplainable improvements in their patients' health, more doctors are calling to order Extendivite for themselves. Help Extendivite make your doctor a believer. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. 
Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. do with all this insanity going on around us well uh, it's not going to be fixed if at all and um people have been saying for a long time it's all over but the crime i mean that was basically the theme or at least the opening of uh what the late great jack otto said in that last public talk that he gave in 2007 wasn't it uh but still, you know, we have the Black Guard now, as Alan Watt reminded us before he passed away. It was right around, it was, it was the early moments of COVID. I want to say it was May of 2020. I think it was around May of 2020 that I remember Alan Watt talking about the transition of the uniforms. You know, and, you know, speaking of the gaslighting and all the insanity of the psychological operations that are going on, uh, at the same time the uniforms have been changing sort of in mass, that was really actually around, uh, you know, right after September 11, 2001, obviously. But at the same time, we started hearing about this sort of reemergence of a push of it that Alan Watt was talking about. We, we get these messages that say back to blue. The uniforms haven't been blue in mass for a long time. And, you know, truth be told, it's always been a, a form of militarism. 
uniform historically. So anyway, but we keep telling ourselves these pretty little lies. There is a, there is a delineation somewhere, even though, you know, there are multi-jurisdictional this and, you know, inter-operational that and, uh, you know. Anyway, the resistance operating concept is uh, something that we'll definitely come back to. Um, I think most people would be fascinated I think we would all be fascinated if we if we really stop and 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 just sort of observe instead of getting upset you know it's interesting the people who talk about dealing with pathological narcissists and the and the the vampiric nature of the pathological narcissist usually say try you know just don't get upset and try to be an observer. Imagine yourself as a fly on the wall. Even though it's your own life, try to sort of, you know, engage in this weird dissociative, uh, you know, just observance of your own life. I think in a similar sense, if we could just stand apart, even maybe, uh, you know, momentarily for a day or whatever and then go back to being upset if that's what we want to do would be very um, perhaps enlightening have you noticed for example some of the changes in the commercials I think these things these subtleties cannot be overstated Remember the old commercials when advertisers played cool 60s music, you know, like advertising was just one giant big chill soundtrack or something? And before that, of course, you know, you had the old radio ads, which were <laughs> fantastic. Four out of five doctors prefer camels or, you know, those kinds of things. T for T zone or taste, T for taste, whatever. Um, they, you know, the old radio ads were very interesting. Now, what do we have? We have, have you seen, for example, or heard uh, Google Chrome's ads? You know, the Zelda sounding ad, for example. I don't remember what that is, but there's one that sounds like you're listening to some kind of little kitties video game. Not cool 60s music. And then there's the one with, you know, all of the people in every age and, you know, social demographic going staring at a device apparently and, you know, just sounding like absolute barnyard animals. Uh, and I was I wondered when I saw that, was that done by the Bud Light ad agency? Probably. Wasn't that a Super Bowl ad? The What's Up ad? So, you know, we're all just feckless little children. Don't worry. Chrome will remember your passwords because you can't remember anything. And so, again, you know, how far does this psychological conditioning go? Because, you know, and the the title of the of the one is or the uh, the tagline, excuse me, at the end of the one is there's no place like Chrome is that 
a weird Wizard of Oz reference? What the heck is that? There's no place like Chrome. Are you supposed to click your heels when you save your password in Chrome? Click your heels three times and save your password. Because uh, we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. It reminds me of the video, you know, these subtleties. The video uh, Brianna and Robbie talked about mainstream media warning against uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s 2024 presidential run. And there was a clip that, uh, was it NBC aired, I want to say, that included, as Robbie mentioned, a bit where they said, and these things are edited together. So, you know, you could say maybe it was accidental, and I would say perhaps, but just about nothing is left to chance in those things when you can create these things ahead of time. This is not something that was just a quick mashup on the fly. There was effort, shall we say, put into it. And at the moment that the narrator says his family wasn't with him, as Robbie mentioned, is the moment that you see a picture of his assassinated uncle. So what's the message there? Is the message not necessarily to the general public, but to Bobby Kennedy Jr. himself. Hey, are you sure you want to do this? You know, remember that bit that um, um, remember the um, bit that Bill Hicks used to do about when the new president is elected, it was it was part of the JFK assassination thing, I think, where, you know, he would do the back into the left, back into the left. And you're telling me the shot came from there was one magical shot that came from behind him. So when he was doing that bit, he would say, you know, I think there I think there is uh, when a president gets elected, he gets ushered to a room in the White House nobody knows about. And the lights go off and a projector goes on, a smoky room, and you, and all of a sudden footage of the JFK assassination rolls, but it's not the Zapruder footage. It's from a different vantage point. And then the projector goes off, the lights come on, and somebody says... Any questions? And the new guy says, "Nope. Just where, where do we start? What are we? What are we doing?" So you know, are we noticing this? These kinds of things. So with the back to the Chrome stuff, and there's no place like Chrome. There's no place like Chrome. The Wizard of Oz going to the, the theosophical land of Oz. 
The Theosophists love L. Frank Baum and the story of the Wizard of Oz, by the way. You can find several write-ups, theosophical write-ups on it. That's not a coincidence. Um, I've talked about this before, but do people wonder? Oh, well, my password is encrypted. Is it? Well, then, A, when you're just when you're typing in that box, how does that box know you don't have uh, an uppercase character? You don't have a lowercase character. You don't have an alpha or, a, excuse me, a numeric character. You don't have a special character. How does it know? And, and if it's encrypted, how is the password decrypted to make sure that what you typed in matches what you typed in before? Well, it's it's hashed and it's salted and it's right, but it's also dehashed and desalted in order to verify when you retype it, isn't it? So these things are myths. They're stubbornly persistent myths. But, you know, we kind of like our myths. Because if we have to tip at those uh, sacred, sacred cows or tilt the windmills, then that just, you know, there are some things that go along with that, and I'm not really comfortable with that, so let's not do that. It is what it is. Speaking of things that make you go, hmm, one of the things that, so the announcement obviously has been made that Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News and Don Lemon is finally out at CNN. Uh, and it happened pretty much simultaneously, the announcements. I think the Fox announcement came first. And then Don Lemon's tweet. I don't understand what happened. What happened is you're a victim of your own paradise, buddy. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine that he's really surprised with his purple tweet, his screenshot of a thing or whatever the heck that is. And who knows what's you know what that's all about? But if you if you know if Don Lemon, if you're genuinely surprised, let me just let me just dispel the mystery for you. You are a victim of your own success. If you're genuinely surprised, which I highly doubt, that is a point that has been made ad nauseum. We play the intro of you know hating Breitbart on this broadcast these days before we lost the big guy himself the late great John Stadmiller I don't even want to say late great but you know the great John Stadmiller before we lost him I asked and I had been wrestling with it for years I want to play it I want to play it I want to play it and basically you know when I finally asked Big guy said, well, is there basically, you know, what he said in essence was there, is there a reason that you shouldn't? And I said, well, I don't think so. And he said, well, then what's the problem? You know, just don't do anything stupid. And it is borderline inappropriate. It's not to be edgy. It's to, to hopefully you know the the folks that think that they're waking up i mean 
Kool-Aid comes in a variety of flavors, you know, and this guy was, again, sort of the unimpeachable witness talking about Whitaker Chambers and, you know, saying like like those who had gone before him, Breitbart, that is, he was sort of an apostate in his community, thought he was <laughs> – go listen to that uh, interview or the uh, the talk that he did at uh, Heritage about his book before he was – snuffed out and you know saying i was i was a i was a good liberal growing up i always wanted a black friend sir will you be my friend it's hilarious listening to him you know and and he says you know finally it dawned on me so the point is we've been told it the story has been told this is a this is an ideology that will cannibalize itself eventually so if don lemon is surprised it is because the ideology that Actually, Don Lemon was as dutiful as anyone about uh, proliferating is is cannibalistic in nature. And there have been countless illustrations done by talented people exposing the cannibalistic nature of this uh, ideological bent. happens all the time so if there's if there's any mystery to it at all i think that is um i think that's the simple explanation i think that uh you know the tucker carlson thing is interesting i don't buy the dominion uh settlement we don't know the details do we but we know enough to know you know, we don't know the details, but we know enough. It's kind of like the story that I mentioned yesterday, where you know this happened, and look, there are pictures. We 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 know if, we know enough of the details to sort of have a Streisand effect. In my mind, we don't know enough that if if it turns out to be false, then there is criminality involved. In other words, if we've been fed a narrative about a settlement that you know, it, it reminds me of. Tucker and Don Lemon, you know, the announcement being made simultaneously. And the thing that is most shocking to me is that the media seems to be trying to get out in front of people saying, well, why did that happen at the same time? Nothing to see here against Streisand Effect. Stick around. We'll be right back. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. 
It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Standing six foot four, weighing in 245 pounds of crime-fighting, political science, analyzing broad. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic because we're still here i'm not taking the vaccine you bill gates there was a way forward still on january 6th what needed to be done is to object to every single state the covid 19 virus was the setup the vaccine could very well be the bioweapon the patrick and jeremy show Tuesday at 9 Central, and Wednesday at 1 Central. Welcome back. You know, maybe we all just have too much time on our hands. If we're all just helpless little victims and we don't have solutions, uh, maybe we should just all find a, something to apply ourselves to. It's interesting. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., his uh, Twitter account released a tweet this morning, presume, presumably uh, from him. And um, it reads, I have known and liked Joe Biden for many years, but we differ profoundly on fundamental issues such as corporate influence and government. 
Um, I guess maybe Bobby Kennedy Jr. isn't a young global leader. I don't know. Censorship, civil liberties, poverty, corruption, and war policy, among others. I look forward to engaging him in debates and town hall meetings. In a primary election that is honest, civil, and transparent, I invite him into a new era of respectful dialogue in these times of division. And maybe we should play the clip of him on um, talking to Jimmy Dore. And, you know, the word binary is what he said. I couldn't think of it when I talked about this last time, but – and then finally it came to me. But, you know, in, in, instead of, you know, talking about the dialectical conflict or other ways that it's been framed, I thought it was pretty – I thought it was pretty brilliant to mention it in a binary sense. And that is, I think, a good way to think of it. And it's uh, it's a you know, it's a bifurcated fallacy is what it is here, and and that's the technique of infamy, you know, to get you, to invent two lies and get you arguing heatedly over which one is true. And he says, I don't want it. I don't want to get reduced to that binary echo chamber, basically. So you read this tweet. And uh, and it has the hashtag Kennedy twenty four. There's nothing disrespectful in that. I. You know, I've known and liked Joe Biden for many years, but we differ profoundly on fundamental issues. But there's there's nothing to hate in there. There's nothing to point the free floating anxiety that Matthias Dismet talks about at. There's nothing to you know, and all of that again gets back to Hayek's Road to Serfdom, Chapter Ten. The three reasons why the worst get on top. And what do you see? You see the kind of trolling that Jaron Lanier talked about in You're Not a Gadget a Manifesto. The opening. Maybe I'll talk about that. I'll give you some examples when we come back. Second hour coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. 
To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your terahertz frequency watch, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.